0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Radio.
0: Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts, offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas, or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. Several people have asked about in recent weeks, and when, when I happened to hear about her, I thought it would be an uh, excellent opportunity. Laura McLeod uh, has a fascinating career, which I'm going to ask her right now to talk about. Uh, and her, uh, the subject really is managing hourly uh, workers, and uh, hopefully at the end we'll talk a little bit when we decide we have to separate from them. Laura, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks so much, Don. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Well, uh, as we do with every guest, tell us a little bit about yourself personally before we get into anything else.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, I uh, originally came to New York, which is where I live now, uh, to pursue a career as an actress and a dancer, which I was relatively successful in, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, And in the meantime, while doing that, I also spent many, many years as an hourly employee. I worked as a bartender and a server in a large uh, Manhattan hotel. And uh, later on, I took that experience and I went back to school, got my uh, master's degree in social work and a license uh, to be a social worker. And I combined the two. Um, uh, the way I did this was I had realized that um, in my all my many years <laughs> – serving drinks and serving people, that um, the group of hourly employees, we had a lot of issues that were um, social work type issues. It had to do with communication and grudges we were holding and personal things that were stopping us from really being happy at the workplace and doing a good job. And I took that work and uh, combined it with my social work expertise and took it into the workplace. So I, I, the idea is that my company is called From the Inside Out Project, and the idea is to take things from the inside rather than the outside, just the outside general training, which is, you know, smile at the customer, be kind, uh, you know, do your job. And um, so that that's where I am. That's where I am with my work.
0: That's fascinating. Well, you know, most small businesses start off with uh, – uh, the founder, and then uh, maybe one or two employees, mm-hmm. and then uh, grows. And yes. It, uh, and because it it is such a small environment, uh, whatever problems are magnified because you can't spread them over a, a lot of people. So mm-hmm. now, having said that, the floor is yours, Laura. Tell us more.
1: Well, thank you. Interesting you bring up, yes, that in a small company, small business, Obviously you start with a the founder, then you build and build and build and maybe the outside you're building to isn't even that isn't that huge. So you're absolutely correct that these problems uh magnify. And what I found um is so you have basic problems with an hourly employee. Maybe he or she's not doing serving the customer in the way that you'd like, a receptionist is not um you know, performing in a way that you would like the business to be represented. And oftentimes the reaction to that is simply to discipline or say, you know, you have to smile more or you need to do this or that or the other thing. And, you know, sometimes that's fine and that's enough to, you know, sort of remind people of what the point of of the job is. But sometimes it's deeper than that and it's bigger than that. And just telling them, uh, or disciplining doesn 't uh really work, and that 's what i 've found in my own personal experience often and often and out there and it it 's uh, also not just hourly employees because it 's not a vacuum, you know especially a small business you the receptionist is directly connected to the vice president and the sales managers and whoever else mm. is involved in the company, so those oh. relationships are key
0: well let me uh, let, let me just stay on these receptions for one minute
1: sure. often
0: often he or she uh and increasingly it's he in this in this in the world today
1: mm-hmm. is
0: the first contact someone has with the with the company exactly. and it's so important to make them feel, uh feel that but um um but on the but at at the end if they're not happy or the um uh, they can really ruin ruin uh, uh, prospects and everything. How do you yes. deal with that?
1: That's you you've hit the nail on the head with with all of that because you're absolutely correct a receptionist is a key person and um also in other industries there'd be other people who are key, the, the greeter at the uh, in a restaurant, the um front desk at a hotel, anybody who's the first person to contact the customer or potential customer. Um and, and in an answer to your question, um, I believe that again, so let's just stick with the receptionist and the receptionist is not happy for whatever reason and is taking that out in a way on, on the guests and people coming to the to the desk um i think it's important to try to discover what the problem is I mean, it depends on, of course, your relationship, but hopefully you have a strong enough relationship to to be able to say, like, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that Jane, Joe, and Sam have had a bad experience with you, and I'm, I'm uh, you know, I don't know, was there an issue with them? Or As opposed to what often happens is this sort of uh, hard line that uh, bosses take, which is, the customer's always right, and I got X, Y, and Z complaints, and you've got to be wrong. And I happen to know from being on that other end of the customer service, the customer's not always right.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but,
1: right. So right. Em- employees absolutely value when you, you know, come at them with a question like, "Hey, we got this complaint from Jane or Joe, and and I'm wondering, you know, because you're you've, you're doing a great job, and what's up?" So, and then looking at it in terms of oh, is there an issue with this person or, or is it, you know, a problem we need to worry about with you?
0: Well, you, okay. Um, you know, the, the funny part is many employees can't deal with positive feedback.
1: Oh. <laughs> tell me what you mean by that. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> well, well, you know, the, uh, I make it a point if I get good service to, to tell them and sometimes to uh-huh. tell the boss. Yes. And and it's amazing the reaction of people to it. Yes. For when you first when you ask to see the boss, their immediate reaction: Oh, you're going to say I did something wrong.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, you know, and then uh, the second reaction is, well, why did he do that? Because good good service is rare today.
1: Yes. And if
0: you get, yes. And, and if you get good service. Um, well, let me go. Let me put you a little bit on the spot.
1: Sure, um, go ahead.
0: Uh, increasingly, we're we're in a diverse uh, um, workforce. We're mm-hmm. uh, uh, diverse by age, and we're diverse by yep. culture.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, how do you deal with that? What's, what's, what...
1: That's a tough one, and it's it's very important. I I, I talk a lot about this. I think. Um, I think it's very important to not so much I guess I don't want to, I don't want to pan any kind of diversity training or sensitivity training or these types of things they're okay I've gone through them I've been you know in the position of having to take them and what have you but it's it's a bit different frankly I think the solution to that or or the way to address that I think that has to do with really getting down to the specific people and their group. So, for example, you have a group of coworkers, they're waiters or they're uh, in a restaurant or they're, you know, office employees that all work together, and there are a variety of ages and cultures, and there seem to be some issues around that. I think it's about really stating what you're observing and, like, hey, you know, um, it seems that we're having an issue with. Jane, who's been here for 25 years, and Joe, who just got here, and he's 25, and, you know, let's work that out, because, not just work it out, but Joe, who's 25, has got a lot to offer Jane, who's been here for 25 years, and Jane, and and the reverse, and to not uh, use that opportunity, I guess that's what I'm saying, to take that conflict, observe it, and say, hey, whoa, you know, I'm wondering if we can sort out what, what the issue is here, and then let's see how we can benefit from each other. Because, you know, as I'm sure you know, there's tons to be learned from someone who's been around for a long time, and the opposite of someone brand new with more interest in technology and variety of other other things, new ideas, et cetera. So I think it's about observing, seeing that, and not just seeing it as a oh, we got to have a sensitivity training now because you know Joe doesn't understand. But looking at the specifics of it and saying, hey, what can we get from each other? And how can this also benefit us, meaning Joe and Jane and the rest of the coworkers, in going forward, in being happier, being more productive? And, you know, isn't that the hope for everyone at the end of the day, to enjoy your work day rather than dread it?
0: Well, you know, you, you, that's a very interesting point. And it's uh, um, the older people feel resentful of the younger people. Yes. And the young Younger people have no use for the older people because they don't know what they're talking about. Exactly.
1: Um, uh, it, it's
0: it, it's a it's a very funny uh, thing, and we we are in a um, emerging m- marketplace. Um,
1: uh,
0: uh, I'll go again sideways a little bit because you mm-hmm. seem to have some of the answers. Um, I saw a great cartoon uh, uh, the other day of uh, uh, customers. Uh, Ordering their food via um, uh, an electronic uh, ordering uh, place, and mm-hmm. the caption read, "If you want fifteen dollars an hour, meet your replacement." And I, I, thought was, <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was. I thought it you know, I thought it was a very accurate um, um, uh, statement because uh, yes, uh, um, and it, obviously we're having conflict. You can go. Uh, uh, being on the road as I am, uh, I use a lot of uh, Wendy's and uh, Burger sure. King, et cetera. And it's amazing the differences in uh, um, with customer service amongst different places you know, within the same chains. Uh huh. And, and, um, and smaller, and essentially they are small businesses.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: often. Uh, uh and I've talked to other people. Um, about the subject, and it seems that this problem is accelerating, not uh, decreasing. Do you see that? And how are ways of, of preventing it?
1: Well, again, I think it's important to address the specifics of what's going on. So, for example, when I was uh, working as a server and a bartender, this was a union hotel. So you had employees there who had been there for 15, 20 years doing the same job every day for 15, 20 years, whether that's sweeping the floor, busing the table, uh, attending to the rooms, answering the phone, talking to people at the front desk. It's a repetitive job people get into a rut they get sloppy they get bored they get disgruntled and that obviously comes out on the customer it's not right it's not okay it's not the job the way to go at that in my mind is to go at the specifics and sit the people down and talk to them what's going on here I know you know how to bust the table and do this that and the other thing what the devil is the issue Because what managers usually do, they tear their hair out and they're infuriated and they can't let anybody go because it's a union job and all of these things. And they bring in trainers. They bring in consultants to sit us down and explain how we should smile and use the customer's name and upsell the wine and all of these things. We all know that. That's not the problem. The problem is... I'm bored and Jane won't tip me properly and Joe is, you know, was rude to me 6 months ago and never apologized and I'm holding on to these things and I'm disgruntled at home and again it's not management's job to do therapy or fix your home problems but the point is to address like hey whoa something's going on here and let's as a group let's just throw out what what's the issue what's the feedback what's the, is there what's what's going on and then once you know that, you can do something about it, maybe. Sometimes the issue is uh, specific to management. So, for example, we used to become very disgruntled because we didn't have supplies we needed. You know, We'd say, look, we need martini glasses. We don't have them. So you want me to keep going and keep the smile on my face when I don't have the proper to do my job? So things like that pretty easily rectified if management knows about it.
0: Well, we'll turn it around for a minute. Mm
1: -hmm. Sometimes
0: a manager may may know about it, but do nothing about it. Um, You know, it it all isn't always the the worker's fault or the worker's problem, and sometimes the management. How can they, uh, uh, what should they be doing in all of this?
1: Well, I think management should do a couple of basic things which really help Hourly employees to, to do the customer service job better. One is to be very clear in communicating and expectations. When I say communicating, let's go back to the supplies. So, if you've ordered martini glasses and they're not in yet, I, I get that. That's not you know your fault, and that's that's fine. But let me know that. Listen, Laura, we don't have martini glasses. I'm sorry about that. Use the separate wine glasses. We'll get the glasses by the end of the week, or that's what we're hoping, or whatever. Tell me that. So then I know where I'm going and what I can do. And then make the expectations clear and back me up when you make those expectations clear. So, for example, I worked in a lobby bar, and we had there was a policy, a hotel policy, that you could not bring in outside food and sit in the lobby bar and eat it. Okay. So someone comes in, and I nicely tell them i'm sorry but it's our policy that you can't have outside food in here uh and this person gets disgruntled and irate and starts screaming that i'm a platinum member and i've been here 20 times and whatever goes up all the the ladder and all of a sudden it's okay for that person to eat in the lobby now how does that make me look not so great and now i'm irritated because you told me the policy, you told me to enforce it, and now you've doubled back because some influential customer screamed, next time I'm probably not going to enforce any policies. So those two things really help me, if you do them correctly, help me and make me feel like, okay, you got my back, and I can, you know, help you too.
0: You know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, Uh... uh, just recently, I had a very, uh, uh, for a show, um, I, I had pre-registered, but uh, one of my editors hadn't. And mm-hmm. the, the w- woman at the press r- room absolutely refused to um, give her credentials. Uh, we have a pol- policy, uh, we don't uh, uh, put names on our stories. And she just would not uh, understand. And it, wow. we had to bring it all the way up with- to literally the show management because uh, I would, um and uh she at the end of it she was very very disgruntled.
1: Mm. but
0: in this case she was uh, I call it the tyranny of the uh, little people
1: uh, yes. there, you
0: have you have people who use their position to uh, really make it hard for other people and and those are the people I really don't like
1: yes you're, I agree. The, this, the story you just um, <clears throat> recounted makes me think of somebody who has a teeny bit of power and just wants to use it and show you exactly mm. how. Uh, and a lack of flexibility. I mean, that's the other thing that's important to instill that managers can instill in their their workers. Um, okay, so this is the policy, but. Here's how we can be flexible with it, and in your case, okay, it wasn't signed up ahead of time, but all right, that's great, and we're happy to have you. It should be a welcoming thing, not a no you
0: know,
1: yeah that's great you
0: know well am we're running into that more and more, surprisingly uh I find that the state uh, bureaucrats are becoming more- um uh flexible as mm. uh, private uh, uh, my experiences with the IRS—I belong uh, on a non nonprofit uh, um, medical marijuana—and uh, dealing with the IRS has been a pleasure. I, I know oh. people don't <laughs> don't say that much about the IRS, but That's they've been over Yes, w- whereas in the private sector, uh, let me uh, uh, let, since we're having such an interesting conversation, let me ask one more. Um sure. Again, it's a little controversial. Um, uh, uh, harassment, sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. It is becoming uh, almost a daily occurrence, but um, it's gotten to the point where I don't know who to believe anymore when I read a story. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: uh, how do you deal with that?
1: Hmm. That's uh, really tough. And I guess my first thought is to say... uh, one of the things that I believe is really important to work on with people, and I believe it 's connected it 's connected in this in this case in which is specifically what you 're talking about is so people workers can understand that really the first line of how they want to handle something should be direct with the person involved, so in this case, you have stories, and often what i 've found. People use the word harassment, whether it's sexual or personal or whatever kind of harassment. I'm being harassed, and they run down to HR and exclaim their story about this one and that one pushed me or did touched me in this way or whatever it is. And often, it's not a lie, but. It was a misunderstanding. There was something else happening. There's something else that provoked it. There's a lot of layers. As you said, you're not sure whom to believe or what piece of it to believe. And instead of starting with running to file a, com- a grievance, a complaint, an official you know, document, let's try to sort it out with the people directly. And one of the things I think a lot of people, workers, managers, hourly, whatever, um, struggle with is how – to honestly confront somebody and speak about something that may be difficult and speak about it in a way that, you know, uh, doesn't attack, doesn't scapegoat people, but just says, Hey, listen, this happened and I'm wondering, you know, I, I don't get it. And, and have a conversation. Sometimes that conversation eliminates the need for a sexual harassment suit. Now, Sometimes that conversation doesn't work and it's not possible, Um, but I've seen so many instances of all kinds of things being blown up into HR and the union and the delegate and this and that, where if you turned around and said to the person, like, hey, this is the deal, this is what happened, you could have probably sorted it out in a couple of minutes.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, how true, it's not what you do, but how you handle the aftermath that counts.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And the fact that a lot of people avoid any aftermath, they they don't, they avoid conflict at any cost, uh, w- mm. what they think might be conflict, you know. So to go back mm. to the person or to say to the person, like, hey, you know, what's the deal here?" Uh, is not an option for them. And I don't think they even think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're getting close to the end, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, let me talk about um, how do you help a person who finally decides this this um, employee must go?
1: Mm. That one is, uh, again, I I think that's all about having a conversation with the employee because I would imagine that if that employee, whether they're hourly or management or whatever they are, it looks to you, if you're the boss, the CEO, or founder, or whoever you are, uh, like, look, it looks like Jane is really burning out here, or she's not doing well anymore, and, you know, this looks like this is a problem. I think a, a, a direct conversation, again, go to Jane directly, listen and again if it's if it's a matter of chain of command you're going to go through whomever the point is to say and encourage jane like hey look if this is if you're looking to advance uh if that's the the issue let's talk about that maybe there may or they may not be a spot higher up if that's the reason things are not going well or is it something else going on and look here's the deal we feel again make it clear expectations clear this is what you were expected to do in this position and we see that you know for the last several months several weeks whatever it is you haven't been doing xyz and that's the job so if you're not prepared to do that we need to speak about having you move Mm -hmm. on because i i really uh, i feel like there could be a number of reasons why jane is not performing and again it's not about you doing a psychoanalysis or getting into her you know personal life or or even accepting if there are outside problems because frankly that's not your you know concern except to say that jane may be you know, again, not able to say like, "Hey, I, I'm I really need to advance." And then maybe there's a collaboration there. Maybe you find a spot for her that's better. Maybe you don't, and she decides to, you know, time to start looking. Mm-hmm. So it uh, works for both of you. It's collaborative. It's it's good for the company and Jane. Hopefully, hopefully, with, with, yes, that's the with, ideal, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Laura McLeod. She's an HR expert. Laura, do you have a website? Do you have a book? What? How do people find you?
1: I've got a website. It is www.fromtheinsideoutproject.com. Um, I would love to have a book, which I'm thinking about, and uh, I will certainly let you know if and when it comes out.
0: Well, please please do, because it is
1: um <laughs> uh, uh,
0: uh uh, I, I I think there's a book always about uh, better management for small business because mm. uh, small businesses don't really know how to manage people. And they uh-huh. often learn by tra- trial and error. But uh-huh. uh, and, and that's what we found. It's interesting yeah. how many com- emails I've gotten when I announced um, you're coming on the program. Well, uh, but thank you again, Laura. Uh, say once more time, your website.
1: Yes, thank you. Laura McLeod at com.
0: Well, thank you, Laura, for joining us today, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back soon.
1: Thanks so much, Don. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you would like to be a guest or suggest topics, for future hours, email me at info at net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?